0: We need to use our beauty to make something very interesting. Be uh, strong and to be real, not to be superficial and, and use the beauty as a skill.
1: Whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Live this episode is brought to you by the yana dance club online platform where you can get access to all my teaching materials at once hundreds of technique drills multiple choreographies themed intensives full-length courses everything you can think about whether 20 minutes or few hours for practice you will find a program that will fit not only your schedule but your mood as well First 7 days are free, so check it out at yanadanceclub.com, Link in the show notes. Hello dear dancers. Hello dear listeners. Welcome to a new episode of the Baladance Life podcast. I would like to start this episode by thanking you for reaching back. Thank you for all the messages I received these days. I'm really happy to hear that you enjoy the podcast and you like the new episodes which are released. Even despite quite a tough, challenging uh, personal situation. But I'm very happy to be able to uh, share this portion of inspiration, motivation, new knowledge uh, for you. And I'm very happy to hear back from you that you enjoy these recent episodes as well as you listen to the previous past episodes. In terms of inspiration and sharing uh, content, I also would like to... Add a little note about new project released just recently, literally these days, by Pedro Bonato, who was our guest before here on the podcast. We had two interviews with him already, and he is a photographer and musician specializing in Arabic drumming, as well as he is my husband and he is a person behind the technical side of this podcast not many of you know but he is always helping me with some technical things on how to get the sound quality of our episodes as good as possible with what we have so he is a part of this podcast not only as a guest but also on a regular recurring basis and just a few days ago he has released his first official photo book ventry and dedicated it to the cause in ukraine all profits from this book will go for fundraising organizations in support for women and children affected by war in his book he has gathered photos of 56 dancers with whom he has collaborated during his career years from 15 different countries 10 of those dancers are ukrainians including me and many other famous dancers many of our guests on previous guests on this podcast including julia farid alex delora marta Korzun, and from other countries too like aida bogomolova alek luchinkova maria shishkova and many, many more dancers, who I'm sure will be our guests on the podcast in the future. It's also a very interesting story to hear why Pedro decided to call his book Ventri. Apparently, in uh, his native language, Brazilian Portuguese, Ventri means womb. And belly dance is actually called in Brazil "dança do ventre," which I think it's such an interesting twist because we often have these discussions: Oh, is the term belly dance is it appropriate? Our art form is not a dance of belly, so is it good or not to use it? At the same time, another term, Oriental dance, there are also so many discussions: Is it appropriate? Not appropriate to use? And here we have completely different twist. Which basically describing this dance as dance of the womb as a place of birth as a place of protection of love of beginnings of hope and i just thought it's a very inspiring and uh, interesting decision to actually call the whole book ventry not to say that it's actually awesome really amazing collection of inspiring photographs celebrating femininity strength community diversity but at the same time our similarity and many many more other values very dear to our heart i do recommend you to check out the book it's a very cool interesting project and it's also a way to support ukraine and specifically women and children affected by war in ukraine every month petra will be donating all profits from Selling, uh, selling this book to different organizations and charities which work on the ground and it can be a cool way for you also to contribute to both to celebration of our beautiful belly dance uh, community and to support of pedro's initiative to dedicate this book for fundraising cause. You can find more information about the book at Pedro's website, pedrobunato.com slash Of course, I will include link in the notes, show notes to this episode. Also, do check his profile, because he currently posts some of the photos included in the book, as well as behind the scenes of how he was taking those photos, and telling little stories about each photo, photo each dancer featured in the book, and... Uh, his inspiration and thoughts about ballads, dance, dance of Ventry, <laughs> and uh, book, and of course the cause to which the book is dedicated to. So once again, all information is at PedroBonata.com/Ventry as well as Pedro's Instagram pages. And you can find more information in the show notes to this episode. And speaking of our today's episode, we also have very inspiring guest today, Semsema, who will inspire you both to continue being a student as well as to create professional dance career which in whichever direction you want to do it sam has created a unique innovative and modern ballet and style and became one of the most famous dancers of her generation she managed to develop a modern style while still preserving the egyptian soul Artistic director of the Sazam Association, she regularly organizes events related to oriental dance, including tours to Cairo, but also different shows, festivals, workshops. She hosts the annual show Bent Al Balad, bringing together her students and renowned artists, as well as co-organizes the Ashtaya Ashtaf Oriental Dance Festival with another dancer, beautiful dancer Tali. In our today's episode we talked about uh, all I think stages and sides of ballet dance life starting from being a student and study and she was uh, sharing her learning process and learning curves in her journey as well as to being a teacher and to being a professional dancer. She also gave very interesting tips on how to develop individual style which is a question and sort of pinpoint for many dancers, so uh, stay tuned for that. You will find more interesting things and tips in our conversation on this subject. And we talked also about teaching, teaching classes online and in person, and how Samsama went through last few years, how she managed to go through this very unusual situation in our lives, as well as how she approaches and manages classes today, these days. Then the situation is already changing, and you may get a little bit surprised. <laughs> (laughs) Or maybe not. Depends on your approach and preferences to uh, classes uh, in today's circumstances. So I hope you will enjoy this episode. Don't forget to screenshot it and share with your friends, dance colleagues uh, on social media. Tag me, our beautiful guest, and let us know what you think. Hello, dear Samsama. It's so nice to hear you, to see you, and welcome to the Ballet Dance Life podcast. (laughs) Hello, hello Yannam, thank you. I'm very excited having you as our guest. And um, I love starting every conversation, you know, sort of from the very beginning. Uh, Because we can talk a lot about dance, about like dance expertise or dance topics, but it's always cool to know how did everything started. And I want to ask you, do you remember your very first ballet dance class?
0: Oh my first belly dance class no, no it's very strange i i, I remember my first uh, belly dance show but <laughs> not class but i remember of course the period of my beginner class when i was very very young of course i remember it was uh, so so good and um, i was so happy to teach belly dance because it was my dream since I was young, but I don't remember the first one. I don't. I, I think I was very shy. I was very um, not. I wasn't sure of myself. I, I. I think because when I was young, I was very
1: shy and. But I remember my first cla- my first show. <laughs> mm. Well, before we get to your first show, you mentioned that uh, you wanted to teach since very young. Uh? But how did you got an idea of belly dance being uh, in your life and eventually profession? How did you got? do you, maybe you remember how you got interested to go to the classes?
0: So uh, how, how I choose, uh, why, why I choose belly dance? When, when I was younger, I danced African dance uh, in class, in, in college, and I was uh, very, um, very uh, used to, um, to make sport. So I was swimmer, I I make swimming pool in competition, basketball in competition. I was very good at school. And uh, of course I I, I dance um, African dance. And at home I, I dance every weekend with my sister, with my family because there was a lot of weddings before and I dance Algerian dance because I am from Algerian. And uh, I dance uh, folklore, not folklore, but traditional uh, music uh, of Algeria. So, right <laughs> Rai, is uh, the sort of dance. So I used to dance when I was young. I loved to dance with my sister in my room. We put music and we dance always. And uh, when I was 16, I was in high school, yes. Um, with my friends, we, going, we um, uh, create a troupe of belly dancer, but we didn't know belly dance. We didn't know anything about belly dance. We we dance like um, because we we watch TV, we watch uh, film and movie with Sanagamal and we try to to repeat the same step. But of course, <laughs> now I can say it was. Uh, very poor. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, and then we dance when we was when we were uh, uh, at has, uh, school, high school, with my friend in a lot of um, uh, um, parties. We are not professional, of course, just for hobbies. And when I was in Paris, so I come come in Paris because I lived in the south, in the north of France before. I come in Paris when I was um, 19, and uh, in my apartment, I was in by by the window, and I listen music, oriental music, in the in the area, in the street. Mm-hmm. Monday, every Monday is the t- same hour, same time, and. One day, I go downstairs and I go with... Uh, um, uh,
1: Following the sound?
0: <laughs> sound. <laughs> and I was uh, in the School of Oriental Dance. I think it was a destiny because it was in my, in my apartment, just very near. When I open the, the, the window, I see the, the classes just... Um, uh, in down, you know, down my flat. So I go in this class and the teacher was Arabic woman, very beautiful woman. And she told me, come on, try one free class. You can, you can dance. So I dance and I say, I know dance, I think, but I'm not sure. And she said to me, you know, you dance very well, but you don't know dance. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was very surprised because I think I am Arabic so I think I, I dance well, but of course, it's not uh, the, the reality. And uh, that's it. It was my first class, Oriental, and I, I found love in this class, and I, I stay in this class during a lot of time. And I continue with another teachers. Mm.
1: <laughs> that was very interesting for me uh, to know, because in your uh, like biography and your credentials, you credit a lot of your teachers and you do you um, do a lot of emphasis with whom you study and i was that's why i was curious like okay how was the beginning of your journey maybe you remember why you decided to take because you did have some background like you're arabic so you did have some background from this dance culture in general, like not specifically like ballet dance, but what kind of pushed you to actually go and take classes? That was very interesting though. And the story is absolutely fascinating and it's definitely a destiny. (laughs) Um, How much similarities or how many similarities or differences you may find between algerian dance because you mentioned you also were even before you started belly dancing you were doing algerian dance and belly dance because for many belly dancers algerian dance culture it's you know like they're not that much familiar as like egyptian folklore or even turkish folklore or like other folklores but um algerian is not that much popular at least at this point so it would be Really uh, curious for many listeners to know, like from your perspective, like, do you feel it has some similarities or connections with belly dance or nothing at all? Nothing, because in, first of all, in Nigeria, it's a very big big country. So
0: there is a lot of um, sort of music, a lot of sort of language, of course. There is uh, two, two universes, very differ- different. There is Arabic people and Berber. People, so it will. It's very different in in Algeria, first of all, and uh, between uh, Algeria and Egyptian, there is a lot, big, big difference because not, um, and not the same language, nothing to do, nothing to the very different, completely different, and the music also is, is very different. All is different. All. <laughs> So and in Algeria, um, we don't know anything about, I, when I say we, not everybody, but in general, we don't know nothing about belly dance and about Egyptian culture uh, Compare, by example, Moroccan people or Tunisian people, because Tunisian, by example, they, they understand Egyptian language. Because uh, it's not similar but because they used to watch TV on Egyptian TV and uh, Moroccan also. They used to hear uh, listen Umkeltum, Abdel Halim, and but not Algerian. Algerian is very different. In my family we, don't, we didn't uh, listen a lot of Umkelto, Abdel Halim. We listened uh, most of all Algerian. Singer and uh, music and movie. Also, we, my parents, by example, they don't watch Egyptian TV because they don't speak Arabic Egyptian. Uh, so they watch uh, Turkish TV. <laughs> it's very famous <laughs> the Turkish movies uh, because it's uh, subtitle it's on, in Nigerian. But. Mm, so it's very different, Algeria and Egypt.
1: <laughs> oh, but you were mentioning that you actually watched movies like with Samia Gamal and other dancers. So you, you had something and you were trying to imitate, right? Yes, exactly. Because, I,
0: I, I, as I say, we, when I say we, not everybody. <laughs> Some people like me, we loved Umkeltum, Abdel Halim very young, and uh, Samia Gamal, of course. Uh, Samia um I watched also the first um, French um, Alibaba French movie. When I saw her, I was love of her. And <laughs> but I know Belly Dance before, but not every Algerian. Some most of all. I see. I see.
1: And you mentioned that you remember, you don't remember your first class, but you remember your first show. <laughs> Can you tell about that? What was that and what, what was the emotions and feelings?
0: <laughs> so there was, for me, there was two sort of shows. My first show in a restaurant, by example, like when I was 20, yes. Listen, my, my first teacher was, an, uh, her name is Nora. She said to me, you don't know dance, but you know dance. You dance well, but you don't know dance. But three months after my first class with her, she put me in a restaurant in Paris. <laughs> so yes, 20 more 20 years old ago, uh, I dance in a lot of uh, parties in Paris, and um, I take trend every weekend. I, I go very far from Paris to dance in restaurants, and uh, so I remember my first restaurant. <laughs> I have also my first costume in photo I I was like this <laughs> like in class and I was I I was she like can... this. <laughs> I make shames with all my body and but I I have smile and I think it's a very very best school for dance on stage after so my first stage when I was 25 so 5 years after I remember, of course, my first uh, competition as not professional, but as a dancer. I make a competition with my my teacher Leila Hassan in Paris, and I was a second. So I remember I was like in uh, like on cloud. <laughs> I was very very happy and uh, in this this same year i danced on stage a real stage when i was 25 and i danced yahil was sabah i don't know if you know my video with my blue sky blue uh, dress <laughs> and it was very very unique because i danced this crew many many times in front of a lot of people a lot of good dancers a lot of uh, good teachers so i remember in All my life of course it was very very good time (laughs)
1: Mm. you mentioned that uh, after five years of training you went to your competition and you even corrected yourself like oh not as a professional dancer but just as a dancer and uh, there are many dancers who really rush and uh, can't wait to call themselves professional dancers. So it caught my attention that you corrected yourself, like, oh, it's just as a dancer. When did you start approaching and treating yourself as a professional dancer?
0: So really, when we say professional, that we earn money. So when I was 20, but because I never danced for free, but uh, oh, except, of course, if I wanted, because for my teacher... For, for my friends, or of course, but uh, if you earn money, so you are professional. But in my mind, it was very different. I think um, I, be, I I I I I was professional when I create my style, when I was um, maybe ten maybe ten years after begin. Mm-hmm. But we are professional when I when we earn money. But I was um, I wasn't maybe I was, maybe I was professional, but not a real dancer, not a good dancer. I I was very beginner.
1: Hmm. Well, that's interesting to know, like your opinion also on this, because everyone will have their own takes, and especially with current competitions, I think it's even more confusing because this, we have this category: professional dancer, professional and amateur. And that doesn't necessarily correspond to the job. Like, oh, do you earn money from ballet or not? Yes, because sometimes we we have a job.
0: We have not not a job in dance. We are we are lawyer by example, or doctor and we are dancer. But we can't be professional dancer and lawyer in the same time. <laughs> it's um it's not a hobby, it's a job. So we can't have two jobs in the same time so you are professional uh, every day <laughs> a professional dancer or not professional because you have you have, you have two jobs
1: Mm hmm yeah like there is one like main i guess profession whatever it will be or like dance can be a side gig sometimes uh but it there is a lot of confusions and different people put different meaning in word professional that's why like i wanted to ask you especially because you had you know like you already were earning money and at the same time then you went to competition five years after you still kind of like oh not as a professional like as a dancer just and then later on 10 years after only then you start uh, feeling like you're a professional so that's why it was interesting
0: yes because it it was more say, um, uh, it takes me all my life it takes me all time I, I i put all my time in this job in the dance but now yes but now um, some girls say i am professional but it's very difficult because to explain what is professional. Because um, if we say I am professional, so you earn money. Because uh, you dance, you earn money. But uh, we can be also uh, me a uh, semi-professional. <laughs> because we can be hostess in the weeks and the weekend we are professional dancer. But for me, it doesn't exist semi-professional. It's-
1: But 100%. I see. I know that you also studied a lot with Yusri Sharif, who influenced your dance style. And uh, you even mentioned that you started treating yourself as a professional dancer when you found your individual style. Can you tell a little bit about this time period of studying with Yusri Sharif and how it influenced you?
0: So, I remember the first class with the Yusuri Shari. I remember all my life, because I danced maybe since seven years old, seven years, yes. Yes, I think seven years. And I danced with uh, three teachers in Paris, so very good, good teacher. So, I thought that I am advanced dancer. I, I thought that I was a good dancer. And I, I remember I, I hold, uh, I studied with Egyptian dancers before to meet Yusri Sharif. Very good dancers like Gamal Saif, Khaled, Aladin, uh, Hassan Khalil, Hassan Ahafifi, La Rahmo Wip. And um, I remember that this period was very special because I I studied with Egyptian. But when I was in the class of Yusri Sharif, I I remember I am cri- I cried I cried first of all because I was sit down in front of him and I s- I see him dance so I cried for this reason because I see him dance and very lot of uh, emotion lot of sensitive and feelings in my side uh in my soul and I cried because I, I say I don't know dance I don't know nothing I don't I don't understand why I am, I am not dancer, really, because it changed all my dance, all my uh, vision of the dance. And um, But I was dancer. But in my mind, I say no, I have a lot of thought, a lot of things to learn. Uh, it changed completely my, my mm-hmm. of dance. <laughs>
1: What exactly was so different from what you used to dance before you met, uh, before you attended class of U3? So,
0: first of all, the music, uh, the way of listening music. The way of listening music, because I didn't know that we can put an accent on the name, on violin. For me, the name uh, translates very... um, uh, H, caramel, and accent on tabla, or not, never on um, accordion or uh, violin is arabesque, is churn. For me, in my mind, it was very academic um, and uh, normal, normal way of music, uh, listening music. So, first of all, the way of music, of listening music. And secondly, also, it's the first and the, the, last, the, the only teacher in the world you, you can, it can trans, uh, transform a music, very poor music, a music, very uh, easy music, electronic music, by example, art music. Uh, so um, it, it can change uh, electronic music version uh, we don't. Uh, we listen. We don't like. And after, when we dance a choreo with you, you say within this music we love the music. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's. I think first of all, it's the only teacher. who can change a uh, poor music in a good music. And also, uh, it gives you a choreo, and you can make every, uh, what what you want with this choreo. Uh, you can feel free when you dance with this choreo. This choreo, very free. You can change some step. You can change uh, arms, legs, but uh, it will always this his choreo. You understand? I feel free. We all, all the students say the same thing.
1: We can feel free. Ah, it's so so interesting. It's like. Oh.
0: So are, I am very bad in English. I told you it's very difficult to explain, but I, I think you understand.
1: <laughs> no, you're doing great. Like, it's yes, and it's just interesting and fascinating how we talk that dance is interpretation of music, but we don't talk about things that you just mentioned how we can use dance to show music in a different way. Like, use the uh, not only reflect what we hear, but make audience see in the music layers and things that otherwise they would not see, and that's what you were mentioning. I guess that you dance to this music, Historia. It sounds different, and you fall in love rather than when you just listen to the same song before you dance to it. It's like sounds like oh simple or blah, like whatever, and then through dance. We're literally reinter. It's not just interpretation. Sometimes it's reinterpretation of music.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like a, an, uh, the musician, the composer of this music is is a genius. Mm.
1: How long uh, was uh, the period that you started with Yusuf Sharif?
0: So I first my my first class when I was twenty seven. So Woo! 15 years old, 15 years ago, and uh, every, every year, every year, I, when I, I teach, uh, I learn with him every year. Uh, in this time, he comes in France two times by year, so in one time in Paris, one time in Saint-Étienne in the south of France, and when, when I travel to teach, sometimes I was with him in Moscow by example, in Venetia with the Heisek Beshek festival, in Egypt also I take class with him but I maybe in yes in some country when I was teaching when I was teacher I have lucky yes to to be with him.
1: I have one tricky question for you (laughs) How would you describe today your individual style? What does it mean for you, your style of dancing?
0: My style. How can I I um I define? Uh, yes. yes. I, I don't know, it's a difficult question. I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> I think, first of all, I love and it's my first insp- inspiration, my first uh, inspiration, yes, is Egypt, Egyptian dancer, all the dancers. I think I take uh, some part of oh, every dancer like, uh, I, I love, by example, Dinar and the camel and Camelia. Uh, camellia, uh, of course, teacher, man. Like um, Khaled Mahmoud and uh, you first, first my first choice, of course. But I think I take and uh, wh- when I was young, I very young because I am young. But when I when I I uh, I begin, uh, I take every Egyptian dancer, every class except some, unfortunately Mahmoud Reda, or except some teacher. But I I I learn with a lot of Egyptians, so my first style comes from them, from Egypt, and I love so much Egyptian music. So I can't uh, uh, listen different way, but I love also to change to to inspire uh, inspiration to take inspiration from all the dance. If I can put some Indian dance step or hip-hop dance step, I put it because I am very open-minded. And I think my style, I think it's very a uh, lot of uh, creation, I think. <laughs> I, I like to create. I like to make choreography, creo. And I change, of course, since uh, when I was younger, I, I change a lot. I change a lot. Um, when I see my first video, I say, "Whoa!" <laughs> I was very dynamic. <laughs> I was very special. But now I change. But I always uh, in Egyptian way. Egyptian way, not uh, not uh, not another way. Mm-hmm. Egyptian. Yes. Yeah.
1: We often talk about the importance of finding individual style, individuality in dance. If you can give two tips for young dancers on how they can develop individuality, what those tips would be?
0: So I think first of all, we need to find in ourselves why we dance why we choose this music why i will choose uh, this sort of music by by, by example why i like shabi? why i like classical music why the first of uh, all we need to ask ourselves why we dance and why we dance this this sort of dance or music and uh, how uh, uh, what I want to s- explain in my choice, because uh, if, by example, I choose in Tamari, why, why I will dance this uh, s- song? If uh, I uh, do, I have, do I, do I uh, have a message? Uh, I have something to explain um, in my life. Something happened in my life. Uh, so why? I think the main, the main question: why? And after work, of course, and um, find some inspiration in every dancer in everywhere in the world. Uh, we can't create our style if we see uh, if we are fan of one dancer, if I, I love, I love Dina. Just Dina, I don't like Ronda, I don't like Camila, I don't like uh, Nour of or I don't like uh, Alakushni, I don't know, I I just like Dina. Or Daria Mitskiewicz, I just like (laughs) this dancer and this dancer. Impossible to create style, we need to be open-minded, we need to love every dancer in the world. We can't say, I don't like Daria, but I love Dina, and uh, I just uh, see Dina dancer, because we can't. Uh, create a style like this we need to be open very important to be open-minded mm. and we need to be lover of every dancer in the world because we can't uh, create a style alone uh, all is um, it exists
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's so true <laughs>
0: So now we need to, to find an inspiration, and when we find inspiration, we need to create, to work, 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 one step, by example, just one step, the step of this dancer. Okay, I love I love this step because she does the same step always. So I take this step. I need to work a lot of time this step, but I will not, I will uh, don't do the same step at the end because I work, I work the same step. And I will change this step. Because I work so hard, the same. At the end, it will not the same. Mm-hmm. I take from her. And I think work very hard is um, the best way. And of course, because by example, young people today I think they love to be beautiful dancer <laughs> because of Instagram. Instagram or today uh, is very important for beautiful dancer physically beautiful and perfect dancer it's okay it's good to be beautiful of course <laughs> but we need to go uh, in the beauty not around the beauty we need to go in the beauty we need to use our beauty to make something very interesting so be uh, strong and to be real not to be superficial and, and use the beauty as a skill um,
1: to be a book and not just a book cover
0: <laughs> yes, exactly
1: <laughs> uh, and, uh,
0: <laughs> to be a bestseller not just a simple book
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so true and I think it also applies not only to you know like Finding inspiration and learning like specific things, like, oh, I like this step, let me try. And then, obviously, like, even if you learn. And you do it exactly like the dancer with time your body will readapt it and it will stay with you in a different way but i also feel it applies in generally trying to study with as many dancers as possible so not only picking up like this or that step but like going to classes or workshops because unfortunately we're very often see um, situation that students stick with one teacher and it can be very good teacher but it's just one teacher that they study and at the end they and I've been a copy of that teacher. It can be a very good copy, but it's still just a copy. If you don't expand and don't take classes and workshops in whichever form, like online, in-person, festivals, but trying to absorb from different sources, because your own filter will filter it and create at the end your own individual style.
0: Exactly. The main important thing to, to have one teacher to have basic steps, basic lines, And after when we have a good level, maybe six or seven or 10 years after, I don't know, it depends on country and it depends on people, of course. But when we have uh, advanced level, we need to take every... Before we take a class, uh, a workshop every weekend, every Saturday, Mm -hmm. Sunday, every, always, and maybe during 15 years. And we take uh, cars, we take trains, we take plane to go in the country, to learn. We go to Egypt, of course. We need to, of course, we need to learn with every dancer. And of, uh, of course, Egyptian dancer, or American or Russian dancer, but of the uh, uh, last generation. We need to learn with, by example, um, I don't know, Noor of or Russia or, or Aida Bogoromova, or big, with uh, uh, not all dancers, <laughs> because uh-huh. we are young, but with uh, Aida Noor, with all uh, Egyptian, but of the next, uh, last generation. Because uh-huh. if you don't take class with these people, this sort of, of dancer, you can't create style. I think it's my opinion because the dancer of today they learn with this thought with this them
1: you so much put emphasis on your learning process like even on your biography and everywhere and even now we are talking uh, i really would love to hear your story and your approach how do you use those materials because okay like, is it enough just to go at the workshop, spend two hours, and that's it? Or do you do anything else with that?
0: No, I, I work, of course. I work after. So yes, after the workshop, we need to learn the coils. We need to repeat. That's the question. Or yes, <laughs> we need to repeat and repeat and repeat the coils. And uh, we we can, by example, take some five steps in the crayons, three, four, five steps, and we can use these steps to use in a different way. And uh, another way of um, a work, workshop is to change the crayon of the teacher. We can put, um, we can take the same music, but we make another crayon. It's very, very difficult mm. to work also very difficult, Oh, maybe five years after we can choose the music of this teacher and we can make something different. And uh, I think, yes, of course we need to work after the workshop, not take class and after we take class and take class and after we don't do anything with <laughs> it. Uh, it's not a good idea. <laughs>
1: I think uh, a lot of dancers at some point of their dance journey are guilty of just having a collection of videos from workshops. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> at most yeah. post them on Instagram and that's it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yes, I agree with you. Because before we don't have any telephone. Before it's just uh, uh, white or maybe with uh, upper, um, cameras. And we don't have Instagram or... So we take class, and now I think uh, the last generation, my generation, we don't put any video of of my of our workshop. We take class, and for us, not for for Instagram, of course.
1: It's different. <laughs> generation is very different. Yes. Ah, <laughs> you also are a big fan of creating your own choreographies. Can you? share a little bit about your choreographing process. So how from the very beginning to the very end, how does this process look like? <laughs> so
0: first of all, it's difficult to find and to choose a music because when now I don't know which uh, music I will make tomorrow. I, I choose a music and I dance on it and I choose another music and dance. I dance. Every day, I choose another different music. But it's good because you can, uh, you can dance. Uh, so when I, so the, the first thing is to choose music, the good one. <laughs> and when I choose a music, I dance, I, I make improvisation. Improvisation, improvisation on a little part, by example the introduction, or the final, or the middle, and I I make improvisation. I dance, I dance, and when I find some step interesting, okay, I I keep it. And I work every day, every day, the same step, but it changes. There is an evolution. But I make improvisation, and i don't uh take some step and i will put in this you know i i don't i don't imagine a step oh this step is good for this sort of part so this or this step no i dance i improvisation
1: i make improvisation but if it's improvisation that later transforms into choreography exactly exactly how do you memorize because that's a tricky moment that you improvise and... <gasps> that was cool, let me repeat uh, I don't know, I don't remember
0: yes and and sometimes and always I don't remember <laughs> so I am very I am not happy because I say yes I was, I was very in the music and, and the, the next day I, ok, it's ok, I make another thing but if I imp- make improvisation on the same part during one hour i can make something i can i can remember and the next day i remember because i, I work a lot of uh lot of time this is the same part mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i think we, we need to make uh, to make film movie now now i have a um, camera so
1: i make movie always you mean during the whole process of your training or for the final part?
0: Maybe maybe from the beginning, because when I see, I know that there was a camera, <laughs> I can't do anything. So I put the camera and I, I don't remember there was a camera in my room
1: ah that's a good trick too and then you can document all those cute uh, steps that came up during your improvisation but after like five ten minutes you already forget that it's on even there Ah, that's cool uh, now you are also a teacher yourself and uh, uh, you teach so many people these days uh, in workshops and ongoing classes and Right now, there is a lot of also online education going on (laughs) in everyone's life. How was that transition for you from being mostly in person to being mostly in camera?
0: So it was a very difficult time when uh, we need to make class online because uh, when I speak and I dance in front of the camera, I lose all my skills. <laughs> and I am not uh, the same person in front of the camera. So it was very difficult, very difficult uh, tra- transition. But I learned, I, le- I learned a lot. And I think one hour class online uh, doing more than three hours <laughs> uh, because I need to cut the video, I need to make some montage. It was very, very difficult. but. But I think it's good because I learn. I learn a lot. And now I am a little um, more relaxed in front of a camera.
1: Yes. What was the main difference from teaching point of view? When you do a class live and suddenly like you do it on camera, did anything change in your teaching manner itself?
0: Uh, if I know I I don't um, if I change something if it's different to to class to real
1: class yeah like I don't know maybe a structure of the class maybe emphasis on the material because it's different you know it's pre-recorded I don't know like uh, people will watch it as a video later not in person class like I'm just curious if anything if you felt like oh something changed in the way you were teaching
0: uh, yes, it was very um, prepared, I prepare the class because of course I prepare always my class but not from the beginning to the, the end but when when you have a camera when you need to make a class you need to know what you say what you do <laughs> so I, I, I write on paper all <laughs> I make this step and this step and this you know when I need to prepare I need to prepare well my class to uh, to not spend time for nothing or lose time. In real in person, I can improvisation. I can feel, I can change also the level because uh, sometimes people know, so I can put more. um, I can um, put more level high. If they don't know, I can change the level. But when when you make camera, you don't know. Well, except if you make class, direct class, but I think it's difficult to to explain. I need to prepare.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and what kind of classes you are teaching currently? Because there are some, I think, online live classes. Like, uh, I don't know if you're using Zoom or any other platform. And there are some pre-recorded classes. So can you tell a little bit about your, let's say, classes and teaching world today? <laughs> so I, uh, before, I, I
0: make a direct class on Zoom every week. Um, So direct on live, it was very interesting because I saw the people and I can speak with them. So it was very good experience and sometimes uh, and I need to make a pre-prepare streaming video, recorded video to my class to give to my students. So I make twice. But today I don't do anything. I don't do online you're back to in person yes i am back in person i prefer of course <laughs> it's better but some people ask me to make uh, some online class so i think i will do <laughs> i will do online class because I'm,
1: some students ask me actually that's interesting because uh, many teachers still like they came back to in-person classes but they are thinking to still combine online teaching tool It's interesting to know that you, right now, switched just to in-person classes back (laughs) Yes,
0: Yes, Uh, just person. Mm -hmm.
1: I also know that you are organizer of many different events, including festival. So how was it? Did you try to do online version of festival in the last few years, or you just postponed it till it's back to normal? (laughs) So I stopped,
0: you know, to organize festival be- for the moment because uh, it's very, very difficult now to organize something in Paris. In Paris, all changed. <laughs> so um, now I, I I don't know if some, maybe I hope I will, I would love to organize a Bentel Ballade show with my friends. Really, because it was very, very good uh, time, very good uh, team. And I think my, my friends will love also to to be part of this show, but festival, I don't know, because very, very hard in Paris. There is nothing in Paris now, except uh, Yusri Sharif and um, Kazephi comes in Paris, but that's it.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, this last, uh two years already wow <laughs> but this last two years would they really influence the direction of belly dance or it's just a matter of time and very soon things will come back to, to how they used to be before
0: I think it changed a lot of things um, in a lot of uh, domains uh, not just in belly dance because uh, because of COVID or and um, because of of, um, of this period, all people now take class online, and uh, that's it. And they prefer to stay at home because of COVID. They are afraid of this of this disease. Of course, it's it's dangerous for them. So for not everyone, but some uh, some people. So they prefer to stay at home and to learn with the online class. And um, and it's very hard to organize a workshop and uh, not workshop but shows. Because all is closed or you need to put masks, you need to make vaccines, so you you need to have a lot of uh restrictions. To organize a show, it's very difficult now. And to travel it's another story. It's so difficult. So it changed a lot of things about belly dance, of
1: course. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see how it will influence in a long perspective too, like for people and uh, if the attention and ballet. Because before it was all about festivals and competitions and everyone was like uh, traveling every weekend. You were even mentioning. Yes. And now it's different. Personally for you, if I may ask, how is that transition? uh because you were you were also a very in-demand teacher. You were traveling, uh, workshops, classes, shows, and suddenly everything is closed. For you as a dancer, personally for you, but for you as a dancer, how did you go through this time? And um, did maybe your approach to dance changed? Or maybe not?
0: Uh, I think we need to change. I, I don't... Um... I think we need to change attitude. I, I think we need to adapt. We need to, uh, to make some, something new on videos, on Instagram. We need to be different uh, because um, of course, before we go to festival, we were invited to teach in the, in the world. But now I think if we want to, to continue, we need to be present. And we need to make something online, of course. So we need to change, of course, attitude about, um, about
1: dance. Mm-hmm. And uh, for you, this sudden uh, cancellation of events and classes and uh, unexpected dance vacations, <laughs> let's say, yeah. was it an um, easy transition? like did you maybe were waiting for some rest and you know like oh it was i mean it was not good thing but maybe there was some good side effects of it or was it difficult and very frustrating okay what's what's there, what's going on No, it was very difficult
0: time and now uh, it was difficult but it was good because um, in this period we think a lot of about our life how can we change something in our life and um, uh, it's proof of um, a lot of things. So it changed a lot of things. So I think it was difficult time, but I, I, I don't consider that a waste. I work very hard. I try to be strong. I try to, uh, to stay a professional dancer. So I make a lot of things uh, during uh, this uh, lockdown. I make some online class and I make sport at home and um, and I change my life now. I I am always dancer of course, but i I make some cl- uh, formation. I, I am in school to be sport teacher, fitness teacher. Uh, so it's good. It's good because if there is not lockdown, maybe I will not uh, discover the fitness school. So um,
1: it's a new life for me. Ah, interesting! That's cool. Like you know, like uh, um, discovering something new and opening new chapters in our life—it's always good. Uh, wish that it was always due to like you know good reasons, uh, but whatever the push is, like let's hope that it's eventually for the better. <laughs> exactly
0: for the better.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> right now, uh, what are your dance? dreams or dance goals or dance projects coming up that you would like and feel like sharing with us?
0: <laughs> so I hope to continue to dance. <laughs> um, I hope to to dance uh, and to teach, again, oriental dance. I hope just my project is uh, to keep this job, to keep this uh, l- this uh, chance this luck to, to learn and to teach and to be a dancer. So I hope to come back in Egypt also in this, uh, in this summer. I hope to go in Cairo. I didn't go since very long time. So I will, I will be in Cairo this year and um, inshallah, I, will, uh, I, I can't wait to see uh, teachers, mm. to, see, to see dancers, it's very long time very very long time we didn't see each other so
1: well i wish you uh, good luck uh, with all your plans and dreams and hopefully they will come exactly as you see them and want them to to come and let's hope that 2022 will be uh good and breaking through in a good directions <laughs> towards what we want and um Before I ask our final question uh, of the podcast, I also want to ask you, where can our listeners find more about you, about your dance activities, Uh, maybe classes in person uh, or whichever classes future you may put online, but where can they find more information? Uh, Maybe you have some favorite social media or whichever source you would like to direct them. So,
0: uh, yes, so my, my favorite social media, I am not, unfortunately, I'm not uh, very fidel, I am not very um, strict, or I don't know in, in English. Active? Active, yes. <laughs> I am not at all active in English in, in, uh, on Instagram. Sometimes I put story every day, and, and sometimes I don't put anything. I am... Very shy. I am very ashamed, ashamed because <laughs> normally I need to put some news and to my students, to my fans, to my friends, and I don't put because it's I don't have the the the, the, the I don't use to 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 use this uh, Instagram. But uh, I have a website. And I have a Facebook and Instagram. And when I I organize something, I put everywhere. <laughs> I put something uh, by, by flyer. I put the flyer on my website and on my Instagram.
1: So website is like the main source and then social media as well, especially like Facebook page. And then... Instagram, but just Instagram, not that consistent, okay.
0: <laughs> not at all, but sometimes I go, sometimes I put some pictures, maybe one time by, by month. Mm-hmm. I'm ashamed. But it's very, very hard Instagram. It's very special.
1: Hmm. Well, it depends, I guess, on the people and whichever preferences is, but, uh, uh, definitely to reach you out on uh, social media, it's definitely possible because I did, <laughs> and I will include links to your website and to your social media on the uh, notes to this, sh- uh, on the show notes to this episode. So all our listeners, you know, you can easily find them are there. And I also would like to thank you for this conversation. It was very interesting to chat about, you know, like learning process, exploration process, uh, different experiences with teachers, finding individual styles. Like Thank you for sharing all this, like your story. And I'm pretty sure many listeners also will take some inspiration for themselves because sometimes we hit this frustration in the middle of this dance journey. And it's cool to know like, oh, There are different ways on how to continue, how to explore and how to study. So thank you for sharing your story and your journey. Thank you, Yenna. And I would love to summarize this podcast with our traditional question. We have one question that I ask absolutely everyone, regardless of of what we talked during the interview. And the question is. What makes you fall in love with belly dance again and again so you keep doing it for so many years?
0: Yeah, yeah because it's all my life. It's my life. If I stop to dance, uh, you know, there was a period when I, not, not stopped, but when I was, uh, I, was uh, I wasn't, um, I didn't dance all the day, all my time. I I need to. There was a little period when, maybe three years, uh, I am, I was, um, I quit. I lived the Oriental dance in uh, 2015. Yes, maybe seven years ago. I I don't stop, but I dance very less. And uh, I was, three years after, I was very sick. I didn't know why. Um, I was very sad and um, I didn't know what, what's happened. I feel in, in my mind, I feel in myself that they missed something, missed something in my life. I dance, but not like uh, before. And because I have a job beside. And I didn't know why, but I think, you know, uh, I stopped this job and I, I, I come back in the belly dance world and uh, now I feel better. Really, I feel the difference when I stop dancing and I come back and dance. I feel the difference. I was very depressed. I was very sad and uh, it's, it missed something in, in my body. So dance is very. It's not passion. is is um, It's uh. It belongs to my body. It belongs to my my soul, my heart. If I, I stop dance, I am I'm not living. I'm not living. <laughs>